Hey everybody, it's Rob with National Fire Radio. I'm here with our co-host uh, and uh, of our new show, Rush the Bus. So I'm going to do some introductions real quick. We've got Julian Peter. Say hi. hi. Hello. And then we have our guest tonight, uh, who I don't know anything about, but this is going to be awesome <laughs> because Julian Peter vouched for. So like that's <laughs> what I'm excited about. But uh-huh. Nancy's here. Nancy, what's your what's your full name? Nancy, uh, Nancy Guillem. And, and you work for? Um, I'm a lieutenant at Stage Five Seven for the uh, fire department. Okay, awesome. Yeah. All right. New York City. So, so Nancy, hi. Hi. <laughs> so, um, so we're starting a podcast called Rush the Bus, and um, we're trying to get stories of people who've been on the ambulance mm-hmm. and um, what their career's been like, what it's like being on the ambulance <laughs> and talking in front of a microphone. Oh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> so, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Nancy. When, when did you start? I when started start in 1988. <laughs> um, my uh, Mom moved to Florida, so I had to get a job, and uh, this was in the news. <laughs> and it was okay. in the paper, which is how we got jobs back then. Okay. And um, my, uh, they trained me. They be- I went to par- EMT school with them. I became a paramedic through them, okay. and they trained me to be a lieutenant. So everything I've done is completely on them. Okay. Like they, they're <laughs> responsible on. for everything. I did nothing <laughs> on the outside, nothing. Wow. So you it's came on when, what, co- what, what was the... With health and hospitals, right? Yeah, it's health and hospitals. Oh, wow. We were green, and uh, it was a very unflattering uniform. We had to buy our own. Okay. Wow. And it was a white shirt, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, they all get, and because we bought our own, we didn't have that many. So yeah. the white shirts got really grungy looking at some point. And, you know, you didn't want to replace them because, you know, we earned new, you know, it was like you yeah. have to buy your, you know, and I was really young then yeah. with an apartment and, uh, Bought four shirts. <laughs> yeah. Nancy, what you, so kind of give me a little bit of the history because I, I know New York City EMS and then, you know, the, I, I call it the transition. Yeah. But um, what, so you started, it was health and... Health and hospitals. And we worked, it was basically, it's a separate agency out of uh, the Health and Hospitals Corporation. It was basically a forgotten unit in a corner of their paperwork somewhere. And uh, we worked, I worked at a, uh, a little tiny station at a Bell at a Bellevue Hospital, which is now Station 8, eight, eight, eight I okay. And um, it was very small, and uh, there were about four stations, I think, in Manhattan at the time, and they were mostly hospital-based. Um, one of them was Metropolitan in Harlem, and then there was uh, Gouverneur downtown, which wasn't really a hospital anymore when I early started. Oh, that's over by Cherry Street, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's hidden it's back in there. Yeah, okay. and now it's, uh, it's, it's a, a separate nursing outpost. Home. Nursing yeah. home or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like yeah. A, it's really posh-looking. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> the city's changed yeah. very much in a short so period of time. When you first came out, so they trained you to be an EMT, yes. health and hospitals. Uh-huh. How it long was it? Oh, it was it was really actually a long time. Um, when I started, they told us to show up on February 1st, Kay. and I quit my job yeah. and showed up on February 1st. What and time did you have to be there? Uh, 7 o'clock. Okay. And, um, and then they told us all to come back in a month. Oh my God. So wait, what? you quit your job. Yes. They told you to be at seven o'clock. <laughs> yes. We and then you said come back in a month. Come back in a month. Wow. And then uh, and a month later right. it started um in March first right. March first. What'd you do in the month? I got a temporary job. <laughs> <laughs> and you? that was actually you really good. I worked in an office for uh it was a journalist uh uh, they, they put out magazines for okay. various trades okay. and stuff like that. And that was a really decent job. And yeah. they were like, come and, you know, come to us full time. And yeah. I was like, no, no, I'm going to go on the ambulance. Okay. <laughs> and they're like, really? Yeah. You're going to do that? Yeah. And I said, yeah, yeah. And then, Did um, you have to pay for a filing back then? Or was it just like... Uh, yeah, I, I didn't have to pay for anything. Um, okay. I remember I came in and uh, like the first day we took a test. There were like 80 people okay. that came up and they all took a test. And it was 
I was like all nervous. They're gonna <laughs> give us a math test, and yeah. they're gonna give us, uh, you know, a reading, and yeah. and it was kind of ridiculously easy. And I thought, oh, this is a trick question, you know, or something. And no, <laughs> yeah. but a lot of people failed it. Oh, and really? uh, yeah, and, and then the rest of us all became a, a bunch of cadet classes. I remember mm. there was five, six, and seven out of that, okay. that group. Yeah. And, um, I was one of six. Do you remember? Nice. Do you remember uh, how many people were in your class when you came out? Um, it was like forty. It was very okay. big. It was oh. it was a decent size. And yeah. Um, yeah, it was. And uh, some of those people are still working. <laughs> really? Well, like Bastine. <laughs> oh, he's from your class. Oh, yes, too? Bastine yeah. was in my class. Okay. And, um, actually, not that many of them are working now. Yeah. But All right. So <laughs> well, he's almost done. I know he's yes. counting yeah. his days. Yeah, I know. So, so oh my. Yeah. <laughs> so you oh. came out and you with the green uniforms, yes. the green pants, guys. And so you came out, and where'd you go from there? I went to Bellevue, and I spent all my VLS time at, at Bellevue. Okay. And it was uh, about eight or nine years VLS. And then um, I was to a two BLS. I was to a three ALS. Okay. And <laughs> now I'm to a tour well, one. Tour one. <laughs> what's what's the tour? Yeah, what were your tours um, from? Well, uh, no, I mean, you, like, the tour, like you say tour one, tour two. Tour, tour like one is the, uh, is the evening. It's the overnight. And okay. uh, tour two is the daytime, and tour three is the evening. Okay. And I worked nine to five. BLS, which in and you were coming from where? Oh my gosh! I, I lived in Queens for and then Brooklyn for some of it. It was yeah, like just like yeah, it was crazy. What time do we for work in the morning? Oh my time. god, probably like seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was terrible. I used to get there very early just because it was. Did you mutual? When I mean mutual, did you do? Like I didn't. I didn't so really mutual. I just else? stayed. Uh, and I loved my partners. Okay. So that's why I stayed with it. And longevity with partners isn't very common in our no. job. You yep. know, like there's you two that. I know she's like my longest one. Yeah, I know. They get arrested. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they get arrested. They go well, and everybody quit. leaves and they oh go no, somewhere else. But my, yeah. my BLS partner, I had one BLS partner for the entire duration, mm. and uh, he just retired like two years ago or something like that. And uh, my ALS partners were very long term, yeah. and now I've known Neil for <laughs> yeah, yeah, five or six great, years. You know? Yeah, I feel like it makes the job enjoyable when yeah, you have a good exactly. rapport with somebody. You know, I agree. It was a lot of fun. My partners uh, actually went. My BLS partner was very fun to work with, and um, I was kind of you know like uh, when I become ALS, this is going to end, but it didn't. It just yeah. got better. I had yeah. more people that were yeah. fun to be yeah. with and fun to do things with. And so, what were the ambulances like back then? Oh my God! I remember you told us some <laughs> stories a few weeks ago. And it was like carpet I in the know. back or something. I think. Yeah, so it's kind of funny because the, the some of them you know. had wood panels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like the brown. We had this awful console with carpet on it, which <laughs> never gets clean. Yeah, is it in the back or the front? That was in the front. Oh. That was in the front, and um, they uh, they 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 sent you out with fumes, uh, no air conditioning. There was no such thing as a radio in the front that worked. You know. Like it music radios? Or like yeah, music or radios. Okay. We had these little buttons that we used to push to tell if we were, you know, on scene and going to the hospital. Okay. Like that. And, um, That's want to hear tech. one of my stories about some intercoms. Come on, tell us about <laughs> you. Oh, yeah, yeah right. uh, I, I think it brings, is. like, great... Um, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it brings some, some good history, too. It's like there's, you know, the one thing that I have found in doing EMS is that we don't tell the story of what happened. Like, I don't, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I only know... From when I started, and I think it was like 98, 99 is when I, I we'll do math later, but, yeah. um, <laughs> and a little bit before that from mm-hmm. when my mom volunteered and, and whatnot. So like, it, I think it's great to capture like what the, like the intercom and all this stuff, because yeah. this is something that people <laughs> yeah, don't else. don't know about. Yeah. Like they're, I know. Well, the only thing that has an intercom is a rescue truck now. Yeah, and 
like it makes kind of sense for the rescue truck because they're kind of separated from yeah. the front and the back. But it didn't really make sense because you have that little square. You can hear uh-huh. everything between that little yeah. square. You know, it's big enough to crawl through <laughs> if you lose your keys, yeah. you know, and you can go in there. But um, <laughs> we had, uh, you know, an intercom for s- some of them came out with this. And uh, it was just, a, you know, there and nobody used it. But my partner, he was pretty innovative and he was a lot of fun <laughs> and he could imitate anybody's voice. He was really good at prank phone calls. And um, I don't know, we had one day that uh, we had some regular that was very mean to us. Yeah. all the time and uh, I don't know if he was homeless or not but he was just a regular of ours he was mean and at the time there was a hospital in Manhattan that had like some sort of like sales pitch of like um, we go the extra mile or I'm not really sure I don't remember <laughs> the uh, I don't remember the pitch but they wanted people to going to their hospital which is kind of funny because the nurses there were never very receptive to that like so they didn't live up you to know the, to the meaning of their slogan yeah <laughs> everybody in the in the world in the hospital world wants you to bring patients there except the nurses in the er yeah <laughs> you know yeah, and yeah. why did you bring the patients yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? i don't know i know and so uh, yeah this guy wanted to go to that hospital because he had seen the ads on television and or the whatever it was maybe radio and uh he wanted to go to that hospital and uh we we're like all right whatever we'll go there so, you know, still, uh, I want to point out that he was mean to us and deserved <laughs> this, you know. Yeah. So um, we go into the hospital. It was a decent ride, and uh, my partner's driving, and just suddenly, like, the intercom starts working, and he did, like, an old woman's voice, <laughs> and he said, hello there, Mr. Uh, Smith. Um, and uh, he's like, what's that, you know? And, and she's like, well, I'm going to call her she just because that's who, you know, she's pretending to be. And... Um, you know, she said, uh, this is uh, Harriet. I work in the kitchen at, you know, Hospital XYZ. Um, we're here to take your lunch order. And he <laughs> said, uh, my lunch order? And she goes, yeah, you know, we go the extra mile. And, uh, you know, we, we, we think a well-fed patient is a healthy patient. And um, here are the three choices. So he chose, like, pork chops and mashed potatoes. Oh, my gosh. And uh, something, <laughs> you know, a dessert, <laughs> some sort of full meal, a full meal. And, you know, and he, j- and he just looked at me afterwards, and he's like, you see, that's why I want to go to this hospital. And so then, you, you look know. look scorn, like, yeah, yeah this is yeah. <laughs> You should take all your patients here. So my and you know my partner goes on the intercom and goes okay your your order number is like one two three four just remember that one two three four so he said okay and uh, have a nice day you know and uh, so the rest of the ride you know he's just like fed I you know pork chops blah 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 and I just didn't know what to make of it I, you know I never, he never did this before it was just out of the blue we didn't rehearse it it just came out of nowhere so I don't I, I didn't know what to make of it but I was like whatever so we get to the hospital we take him out of the vehicle. And uh, my partner's like, oh, did you order lunch, you know? <laughs> and uh, he's like, yes. He's like, yeah, this place, they make really good food. You know, and you're in the middle of the um, restaurant district. They, they order this stuff out from, like, top top chefs, you know? <laughs> and uh, he's like, great, yeah. He's like, I ordered the pork chops. And he goes, the pork chops are really wonderful here. You're going to be very happy with them. Uh-huh. And then we get closer to the entrance, and he's like, I'm just going to tell you something, though. He says, you know, the nurses here like the food, too. And they're going to tell you that you're not entitled to a lunch. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But you've got an order number, right? <laughs> and he says, yes, one, two, three, four. He's like, you make sure you let them know that you ordered your lunch. <laughs> and you're entitled to it. And uh, <laughs> and he's like, thanks. Thanks for the advice. <laughs> and so uh, he's like, when do I get my food? And they're like, after you're registered, which is long after we're gone. Yeah. Know, so. Did you come back and see him? <laughs> yes, we day? saw him later. He was screaming and yelling, and uh, he's like, 
you know, he's like, I know that you probably <laughs> had my lunch. You know, you look like you enjoy a good plate of pork chops. Oh, you know, oh. and the nurses were like, I don't know what's up with this man. <laughs> he thinks he's getting fed here. We don't feed people unless they're admitted, and he's just going to be leaving in it. Wow. <laughs> you know, but whatever. They they deserved it. She deserved it. You <laughs> he deserved yeah. it. You know. <laughs> no, he no. probably didn't get away with that. You know. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> and that was Manhattan. You know, yeah. like that yeah. was big. The light shine on you and. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I always thought it was funny. Like I know a, a couple people um, who work EMS in in New York City uh, outside of Julian Peter, and um, like we were walking. I think I don't know if we were we were down in the city drinking for something. It might have been like a bachelor party or mm -hmm. something. And they're all like, I'll oh, keep moving. And I'm like, what? And I like, get to the other side of the street. And I'm like, why? And they're like, that's uh, like, there's a concerned citizen squad and oh. they don't understand. <laughs> and I'll just use the name Hector as like a mm -hmm. general, but that, that's Hector and he's always here. Mm -hmm. And they're going to call and then like, we're going to show up and they're going to want us to give life saving treatment to him. But he's just <laughs> always drinking. Yeah. Uh, so and like, it's just like shifted across the side of the street. But it goes back to that what we can and can't do and what the expectation of us is now. But I don't know where it came from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, a different different world. Yeah. Well, now everyone has cell phones too. So I feel like, um, you know, the kind of like call for the unconscious type has probably gone yeah. up quite a bit because of uh, do-gooders who think like, oh, this person's in the street. They must need an ambulance. Mm -hmm. um, They're on the subway. Leaving <laughs> the station. Yeah. And then you run a, a goose chase. Yeah. I, I bet you it happens everywhere. But it does, uh, yeah, it, it, because everybody has their phone. I think back in the day, maybe in the 80s or 90s, not everyone was willing to walk to a payphone to call for the guy who's, like, sleeping on the subway car. But now mm. they're most definitely going to yeah, call for that person. What are, I mean, having, like, starting out in 88, what are some of the um, some of the industry changes that you've seen that are, like, like that just kind of, like, I don't know, like, just, do you have an opinion on any of them? Or I mean, I think it's vastly improved in a big, huge way. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm not one of the people who thinks that the fire department takeover was a bad thing. I think it gave us some uh, better credibility. We weren't, we were no longer, you know, the stepchildren of health and hospitals. And it's, I, I think it's a better stepchild of the fire department just because, um, you know, there's, they recognize that we're still an emergency service. It's being part of the hospital-based system. It has, uh, you know, there's a sense to that, but, you know, our care for them ends when we drop them off. We spend, we don't spend our time in the ER. We don't really continue the care in the hospital setting, you know, and um, it's just um, to, to treat us as, as an emergency service is, is more um, appropriate than to treat us as a hospital service just because, they're all cleaned up by the time they get to the hospital. Yeah. The hospital, the way they treat patients is from a, you know, a starting point to when we drop them off. And uh, they're like, that's, it, it's a different kind of care. Like, they don't have to deal with the outside elements and the logistical issues. Right. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, like, extrication issues and cleanup that they don't really seem yeah. to understand happens beforehand. And, you know, the carrying and... I, I oh, oh, sorry. sorry. I just uh, no, I was just going to say we had a, a patient the other night where I felt like I we had to reiterate like several times over to the doctor like cuz she couldn't really understand what the scenario was like what's mm -hmm. going on here. Everybody and told her too. And yeah. I felt yeah. you know we like had a, a giant patient who was completely naked like writhing on the floor and he was hypoxic which means he wasn't getting enough oxygen. Uh, he also had a GI bleed, so he was, like, pooping blood 
pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, and then essentially rolling around in it. So it was like, we're trying to help this person, but like, we literally can't get our hands on him. I mean, we're already getting covered in stuff, you know? Um, and then we had to sedate him because we couldn't like safely handle him, like for him or for us to be safe. And then mm -hmm. when we took him to the hospital, like while we were in the truck, he ended up going into respiratory arrest and then eventually cardiac arrest. And we got to the hospital and we're explaining it. And, and the doctor had to come out and she kept asking, well, was this like an asthma? And we're like, no, you know, no, like it's like he had a GI bleed and this mm -hmm. is what it was. And she was like, yeah, but why, why is this like where like it was like the question she was asking. I was like, I, I finally had to say like. Uh, there was like a few of us in a dark hallway, like a <laughs> hallway that had no light and it was dark. So close your eyes. If the conditions <laughs> are and right. there was like poop and blood all over the floor. Everyone sliding in it because I yeah, feel like as a, as a doctor, mm -hmm. like you don't get that sense. Yeah. You know, when you're in the hospital, you get this person who we present to you on a bed and now they're in arrest, unfortunately. But like you didn't see the nightmare that yeah, well, like 40 yeah, minutes yeah. ago was yeah. this situation mm -hmm. that we were undertaking, you know? So it's like not quite a hospital service. Yeah, it it's isn't. like this yeah. is like what we were with firefighters on this job. Like we were dealing yeah. with it with the fire guys. Well, and like with the hospital stuff, I always heard this like this is something over my career that I've heard with hospital based uh, EMS services was that like it always came out well the, one of the advantages to the hospital is that this can generate revenue for the hospital by bringing mm -hmm. patients here. And I always said like well that's kind of weird. Like so you have like I mean it's good you have an ambulance that you're providing it into a 911 system, but like when you're you're almost profiting, steering, steering yeah. people yeah, to come like steering. Like now it's a, like to me, I was just like, well, that's just seems shady, you know, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, illegal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, ah, all right, yeah. well, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I know, you know, and it just, like you said, I, I think it's refreshing to hear about like how this like becomes an emergency service versus the hospital based service. Because yeah. honestly for myself, that's the first time that I've, I've really kind of heard that, um, angle before when it comes to the, the transfer to the fire department. It's always been like some hardcore New York City EMS people were like, yeah, this and that. And yeah, just, just you don't happened. know what it was like. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was very different, you know, and it, it was, it wasn't necessarily because of the switchover. It's just because of time, you know, like now we have cell phones and we have better yeah. technology. Although our machinery was much smaller back then and now yeah. they're much heavier. And yeah. the life pack that I used to use was much easier to carry. It was later like when it knocked into my leg it, it created <laughs> a bruise but not such a yeah. well-defined bruise you know <laughs> and uh i don't know everything just seems to be much heavier now what life pack did you start out with uh, i think it was a 12. okay it was, a 12. it was the one right before you when you came out bls and we mm. sit on um cross streets where did you sit do you remember where you sat my original one original was uh so I, I was moved eventually but um, my original one was uh Second Avenue on 34th Street. Okay. Right in Midtown. Midtown, all right. And then eventually um, they changed us all around and I became uh, 14 Boy, which is the Upper West Side. Okay. But it still yeah. came out of Bellevue because. You drove all that way? Yeah, it should have been. Drive. Yeah, it should have been a metropolitan unit okay. that covered that area, but um, they didn't have the space or something. Yeah. So mm. we covered it. So Do you remember how many units came out of eight back then? Um, I'm gonna say a lot. It was like about ten. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it was a decent number because yeah. there were only four stations. So okay. yeah, um, you have a lot. But I mean, it expanded over time. They used to be like TAC units that used to just cover uh, whatever area the city was lacking. I believe okay. they're starting to do that again, okay. which I think is a good idea. Yeah. yeah. But um, sometimes they were there and then they moved them <laughs> elsewhere yeah. and then eliminated. Yeah. And at one time they started the hazmat stuff. I think I, I think we used to have a hazmat unit over okay. there, but then 
that also got changed somehow, and I don't, I don't really remember. Yeah. yeah. That. And there was a lot um, more voluntary hospitals back then. Yeah, it was Manhattan. Still, is very much a voluntary hospital okay. area. Um, but yeah, it was very. All of our ALS was basically from voluntary. Okay. Voluntary. Did you work anywhere else other than Manhattan? Not BOS, no. Not BOS. So then when you went to medic school, you went with the fire department yeah. also? They was trained me for everything. You went to the fire, <laughs> you went to HHC's medical program? No, um, we were the, the first fire, fire department um, paramedic class. Prior to that, there was no medic classes for okay. like about five years, I want to say. Hmm. They did it periodically, and then mm. they ran out of funding here and there. And uh, I was like, I'm going to the next one. Okay. The and then there was no next one. <laughs> and then... Um, when they eventually started it up again, like when the fire department took over, they wanted to, this was a big thing on there, apparently on their yeah. priority list to keep doing this. And uh, they were only going to take 17 people because they were yeah. going to take people from the prior list. Okay. And and I was one of the 17. Yeah. <laughs> and so you had uh, to take a test to get in there? Yeah. How hard was that back then? I thought it was pretty difficult. And there was also an interview. Okay. And, uh, okay. And, right. and yeah, you know, I, I was, uh, I love that class. I still have friends from that class. What year did you? I don't want to date you. Oh, year was that? Yeah. oh, that was ninety seven. Ninety seven. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, um, and did you do it up at Fort Totten? Like, yeah, like it was at Fort Totten, and okay. uh, we did the same thing that they do now, basically. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, we had a burn center rotation, which apparently just recently got. Yeah, I yeah, I, I still had the burn center rotation I when I was, was taken out. They yeah, said. I don't yeah. know why. I thought that yeah, was no, that was really good. That was one of the best ones. Yeah. Because you get to go to Cornell, and you know, we even did pediatric. I don't know if we did it or they just, like, a nurse took me there. But yeah. I got to do the pediatric burn center and the adult burn center, like, mm -hmm. which was interesting. Luckily, it was, like, nothing horrifying, but, you know. Yeah. Like Some of the rotations that they they give you, like, the, the hospitals took it upon themselves to teach us more. Yes, you know, which I, thought I thought so. was really good. Yeah. Like, there was one, uh, I think it was an OBGYN rotation where we were getting nothing. <laughs> you know, I don't think I, I saw a single baby mine. born yeah. the entire oh, time wow. I was in mine. And they took us over to, like, the blood lab, and we learned about how they do things there, and that was pretty interesting. That's cool. And at that time, taking bloods on patients was a routine thing, and it yeah. was good to know, like, how much you needed in the tube yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. Huh. Yeah, we only draw <laughs> bloods now for um, if we have somebody with CO poisoning before yeah. we get yeah. hydroxybalamin. I so. think when I got to do my rotations, like one of the cool ones, which I don't know if they go there anymore, was Kingsburg Jewish. Mm -hmm. I guess because at the time, like the fire department had like a good rapport with them. Mm -hmm. And um, when the ER was like slow, one of the doctors in the front would take us to fast track and let us like do the interviews with the patients. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like he That's like, cool. I yeah. thought it was very interesting. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, I have my lab coat. I look <laughs> like I'm a doctor. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even a paramedic, you know, <laughs> but probably filling in for somebody who can work that <laughs> day. Yeah. <laughs> like we have no PAs today, so no. uh, you're up. So, you, so how long was medic school back then? It was the same. It was about nine months. Nine months. Yeah, okay. Months. And then do you remember what unit you precepted on? Um, yeah. We, I, uh, I, I, it was at a metropolitan. I remember picking it and uh, okay. had seniority, so I got, to, uh. I got it over. Like, a lot of people fought for it, and they okay. were a lot of fun. Um, I think they work in Connecticut now, the two of them. Okay. And that was, they were a, a really good pair that had been together for okay. a very long time. And I believe they're still somewhat together or wherever it is that they work yeah. now. Oh, you know, nice. which was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And they were really good. Um, but I don't that was your first unit out of the academy? No, that was my intern unit. Your intern and unit. And then okay. um, you when, when you came out, you just threw you on a truck. You didn't okay. have an intern period like right. you have now. Yeah. You know, you, you I mean, you did, but I mean, you didn't work with your partner, but it wasn't a specific internship unit. You just got, um, I believe, 
whatever number of hours. Going to the mix. Yeah. yeah. And if you finish that in two months, <laughs> yay. That, that's oh, wow. <laughs> you know, you could basically. But yeah. I didn't. So you went up to Metropolitan then first as ALS? Like no, as ALS, I went to um, Brooklyn. Okay. I, I went to uh, 39. Okay. Uh, 39 on... Was 39? It was on Pennsylvania. It was still on Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. and um, that was fun. And then when 44 opened, our unit was going to go to 44. And then we became 44. Still on Rockaway, yeah. Rockaway Avenue. It was there when it opened. Oh, nice. <laughs> and that was fun. Um, that was a really good place to work. I met my spouse, <laughs> and uh, it was a lot of fun. We had great supervisors that like I try to emulate, <laughs> and um, it was a really nice um, station for a long time. And okay. The people there were great, and uh, I have nothing but good memories. It was a hellhole to work in. Yeah. You know, there's Busy nothing to eat. What's like you say? There's nothing to eat, and it's a hellhole oh, to work in. Like, is there's it? no yeah. stores. There's okay. no restaurants. There's no fast food even after 6 p.m. Basically, and where is this? Uh, it was East New York. Oh, East New York. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I've, I've and, heard stories. Uh, you'd have to really travel to. Yeah. And it was just all like it was very violent. Like the crime rate was like through yep. the roof back then. And uh, what year was this in? It was the, um, the early 2000s, um, and. Uh, Seven five was still going right of the busiest precincts, yeah. mm. and uh, it was crazy, you know. But it was good for us, you know, because yeah. we like trauma and yep. everything like that. Like there was no shortage of shootings. When I went to Manhattan, I never had a gunshot wound, not yep. once. And then <laughs> you go to Brooklyn, and it's like, oh, it's no big deal, you know. You remember how many you were doing a day back then? Um, shootings, like I want to say about two a week, two a week roughly, okay. you know. Um, but like it was all spread out. It was mostly a BLS call type. You yeah. Know, so that's the one know. thing with us that nobody knows that shootings and stabbings are all BLS. Yeah. Everywhere else you get the medics, you know. Yeah. yeah. So you know. But really, BLS, you're gonna BLS these jobs. I mean, mo- most of it. Like Unless we are coming. Well, we <laughs> yeah. come and steal them, but like otherwise, <laughs> we're um, for, we're and we will shot. start a line. But like we're doing BLS. Yeah, I mean, I that's what you need for yeah, those exactly. calls. Yeah. You know, they don't. They need an operating room. They don't need. Yeah, you don't need me. They don't need yeah. a bunch of yeah. silliness. Yeah. You know. I think we were um, up in up in the Hudson Valley. We've been doing the rescue task force stuff, and it was just it's so much fun to watch people freak out and like, all right, hey, we're gonna do rescue task force stuff, and they're like, but that's really the job of the paramedic, and you know, it's not. I'm like, no, like it's like they don't like. I, I bet you, if we ask the paramedics, they're gonna do the same stuff we're doing first before they even think about any of the ALS care. So like, just do it, and yeah. it's uh, it's. I think yeah. everybody forgets that. That BLS and diesel really saves lives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So BLS it's not before paramedics. ALS. Yeah. And I think because the so BLS are just so young and new, they don't really realize how much they can do on so their own. So yeah. going on that, you say young and new. When you came on, what were the oh people? Have, yeah, the loads people of like experience. Then. You know, so like it took me a that, long time you know, to go to medical school, mostly because I was waiting for the class. Okay, <laughs> but um, you know, people did have a decent amount of time on the job. But I mean, people still were leaving like they do now. Yeah, you know, um. But it wasn't all in one big group. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Whereas now they take 300 at a clip and, you know, we're devastated by wow. that. Whereas yeah. before, um, it used to just be like two or three going to PD. And PD was the big draw okay. back then. Most people went to PD. Yep. And, um, you know, or they went to various schools. Like health and hospitals, one of the good things about them is that they, s- they let you become a nurse. Okay. Or, or um, they had um, respiratory therapy as well. Um, and you could do that through them for free. Like you'd go full time. And yeah. Um, but you know, that doesn't happen anymore. No, no. Yeah. No. Well, they probably were like losing people. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know? and we, you'd be losing them to something that you don't have. Yeah. You know, whereas now you're losing them, but they're going to fire. Yep. You know, they're still in-house, 
Mm. What was some of the stuff that the older people told you back then, for as far as like the experience? You know, I like mean when you say like people were experienced back then compared to now, like I mean they were comfortable with things. You know, okay. they were comfortable handling a lot of things on their own, like uh, violent patients. Yeah. You know, it was almost unheard of to ask for help for that. Which right. I think one of the good things about the BLS asking for ALS on gunshot wounds is that now you have more people able yep. to deal with the crowds and stuff like that. Because yeah. crowds are sometimes yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> you don't know who the bad guy is and sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that for a lot of people too, uh, if you've never had. Um, a crowd turn on you, yes. Or and, and, and like, <laughs> yeah. it, and it's hard to describe because you're talking to providers out there who've never experienced a, you know, an, a, an act of violence in um, a poor community, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there's this palatable shift in the energy. Yeah, and I don't even think it has to be like that type of community. It could be anywhere. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. it could be anywhere. When yeah, I worked in like Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. I was more nervous. You know, something happened out there because the cops aren't coming mm-hmm. and everybody can shoot. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. so you just. A lot of people like to stay on outside. You need to get inside, you know. Yeah, you're yeah. going you to strange get, people's get homes. Truck, yeah, know, get yeah. back in your truck as quick as you can. Exactly. So. Yeah, and that's like, and, and just kind of hearing that, like as far as like, you know, what you used to handle yeah. on your own without yourself. any assistance. Yeah, and I now it's kind of. Yeah. And you go into these strange homes, you know, like it could be a, a rich person. They could be crazy. You know? Yeah, yeah like you could never have, know what you know, you're walking into. <laughs> exactly. You know, and they, um, some of the homes, you know, where you go to, like, it's it's not even the patient, but their relatives and you know That's the neighbors, you, yep. you know, and they've all got something to say. And I've, I've, I think it's probably worse now because I think social media gives you a voice that you didn't have before, yes. and it, people become more likely to say things that they would have kept to themselves, and they're more likely to question things. And uh, you know, you should see some of the complaint letters that you know mm-hmm. you get sometimes, and people call, people come to our station and, and knock on the door to complain about something that happened three months earlier. And and they're just as fired up as the day it happened, <laughs> you yeah. know, about you know uh, I left my, uh, my my phone in the vehicle and they took it and you know <laughs> you just notice it's missing now. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I don't I'll know. Tell you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just you know I think that people are more assertive, which sometimes is good and sometimes is bad. <laughs> it's bad for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. you know. Because a lot of people don't know what we're supposed to do, and they think you're just supposed to pick them up and drive them to the ambulance and drive away, and they don't really realize it. Like, when people complain about the cost of the ambulance, they just think it's the, it should be the equivalent of a taxi cab fare. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, when they find out that the bill is, like, yeah. $1,300, it's like, well, what is that for? And, and, like, there's salary involved and that equipment. Yeah. And most of the monitors list yeah, like, $40,000, you know? So, like, you know, depending on the call type, we're actually doing what they would do in a triage yeah. in <laughs> the emergency room, you know? Nobody yeah. realizes that it's, like, I know. $3,000 mm-hmm. call for an unconscious for an engine company and an ambulance to show up. It's, yeah. it's like, $3,000. Do you think, because yeah. that's one thing I think that um, there's a lot of stuff going on up in up in, in uh, the Hudson Valley about like a shortage of units and stuff and people are like, oh, they're calling the ambulance for these BS reasons. And I say like, but do we ever, have we ever educated the consumer, the, mm-hmm. the 911 caller of what to do, like wh- I mean, what what's the appropriate phone call to make? Like when are, what is a ma- um, an emergency? I know. I don't know or even the services that we provide. Out. I saw something on YouTube the other day that I thought was interesting. It was like a PSA from Indonesia. And I guess they're like, wow. it's <laughs> not, n- I think it's like 995 is the equivalent of, you know, our 911 or 999 in the UK or whatever. Um, and it was basically a song now. about how like, you know, what to call 
And I'm like, I'm just getting warm. You guys are getting hot. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But um, yeah, it's like cold. it was cold in we here. We paid huh? the bill. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was an interesting little sing-song commercial. But it's essentially telling people like, um, you know, no, 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 don't call for this silly nonsense. You know, like if you have toe pain, like take yourself to urgent yeah. care. And there's mm-hmm. actually another number that you can call. I don't know what if it's like cost effective for people, maybe you do have to pay essentially for a cab. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like we don't really do that here. I think yeah. I think they're looking at that in DC. It, I, think, I think in this, in, in New York city where we work, it's also like, um, you know, you don't want to run the risk of like having someone sue or, yeah. you know, like there's a lot that goes into it. That, that always struck me as like, they, they, all throughout my career, I've been running from a lawsuit. Yeah, I've yeah. never uh-huh. been sued. I know. <laughs> like RMAs, like I was always told, like as an EMT, like make sure you document this RMA mm-hmm. because if it's not, like it, this is the most, like this this one will take you down. <laughs> and then yeah. I get to like a car accident and I have like five cars that have rear ended each other. Yeah. Like seventeen people have called nine one one. It's now like coming <laughs> as like you know, yeah, like entrapment and like you <laughs> yeah. know death and, and I get there and it's, it's BS. But now I've got to do. Like each car's got two people. Yeah. I got 12 PCRs yeah. that I have to arm. And like, I was like, did anybody here call for an ambulance? And they're all like, no. Yeah, it's just property <laughs> damage. Yeah. And it's like, um, but yeah, no. it's, I've always been. I know. I don't know if, if any of those actually come back to bite anyone. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there are, like, some, obviously, it's like, okay, well, this is obviously a patient. You just don't want our help, 93. And then, like, we had one that was, like, a wrong door recently. Oh, yeah. Where we went all the way up to the ninth floor. We rang the bell, and it was, like, this older woman was, like, I didn't call 911. And we're, like, okay. So we go back downstairs. We get on the radio. No, it's not the right apartment. Can we have an apartment? They do a call back. They're, like, nope, that's the apartment. We're, like, well, there's only this older lady. And they were, like, well, write R- an right RMA. RMA. I'm, like, this is not the correct address. Like, yeah. I'm writing an RMA for some old wow. lady who didn't call 911. Yeah. Like, that's not. No. Yeah. Thank God we don't bill for that. Yeah. No. There's a lot of places that are billing for that now. And, and the libertarian crazy. side of me is just, like, I don't want the government having my information. Yeah, like, yeah, and I'm not exactly. going to go ring this lady who didn't call 911 mm-hmm. who was in her pajamas. I don't yeah. want to ring her bell again. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, yeah. you know, to disturb her a second time for so, nothing. So now we were required to get a lot more paperwork. How was it back then when you were um, HHC? If you had like a 90, you know, a 96, which is a no patient. Like, how was it back then? Could you come back and... Well, we had a log um, that we wrote things on. Um, I missed the log. I mean, they still yeah. wanted you to do paperwork on all these... Uh, the one thing about the RMA back then is if you were over 60, you had to RMA. Oh, yeah. Which is really... Okay. I'm glad they got rid of that. That's yes. really insulting. You know, it that was. you're over 60, you can't make a decision without talking to a doctor. Yeah. You know, and... Wow. Uh, yeah, it was really ridiculous. And... Um, and angry yeah and, and rightfully so and i think there was a while there that there were more people suing about you forcibly going to the hospital than right. you know you know right. you didn't take yeah. me yeah. <laughs> but and and also that you know like i think there was a decent amount of kidnapping and there was a while where social <laughs> services <laughs> encouraged it because there were, i remember going to at least three or four jobs where um we were called by people who were evicting people and you know they wanted us to take them to the hospital, get them out of the way, okay. so that they oh could kick them gosh. out of their yep. homes. Yeah. And and it was really shady. And uh, um, um, my partner, the one that did the intercom thing, at one point, I remember he came to work in a suit and tie, and I was like, you know, today is your day off. What are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm going for Miss Miss Obramowitz, you know, or whatever. And like, what happened? He's like, you know, she got kicked out of her apartment. I'm going to testify that she shouldn't have been kicked out of her apartment, you know. Wow. And uh, he was really active in a lot of things, you know, like that. And uh, you know, he. Uh, he would call the family up and, you know, because rents, 
uh, the rent control departments, uh, those were big ones for kicking yeah. people out. And they, I, I don't know what the criteria was, but a lot of the elderly, if you went to the hospital enough times, okay. you were out, you know. So the landlords would, you know, because you'd get the anonymous phone call about the crazy woman in apartment, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there would be nothing wrong with them. Okay. And um, we felt obligated to take them because somebody called. And, the, and usually the elderly don't put up that much of a fight, at least back then they didn't. And it was really little mean, you know, and whoever did these things. And my partner was like, nope, we're not doing it, you know. And uh, he used to call the Department of the Aged on it. And mm. he went to the city council on it. And, you know, he did a lot of things as far as the elderly, <laughs> you know, because I didn't notice it because I was young and naive. But he, yeah. he was like, this is ridiculous. You know, yeah. this is obviously somebody wants this woman out of the apartment. And, you know, or a neighbor would kill 911 because they wanted their friend to get that apartment. And oh. there were a lot of you awful things going now? on. No, as not a lieutenant, no? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. What, yeah. what are, like, so, I mean, I'm, where I work, I'm a lieutenant, um, but, like, what is, what is it like being a lieutenant for EMS in the city? Because I think it's got to be a very interesting aspect of the job in, in that supervisory role. Mm -hmm. I, I've heard, you know, like, some people say, like, oh, it's like a, having, like, a, you know, a friend on, on home base for you, like, to kind of help protect the crews. Well, hopefully, like, yeah, I mean. What, what is it like yeah. for you, in like, your own words? You um, know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it, it, it's, it's pretty cool sometimes, you know, and sometimes it's, you know, like, what did you call me for? You know, and I noticed that a lot of, like, the BLS are afraid to make a lot of decisions about, like, armies or um, a lot of times you get called because the patient wants to go to a particular hospital that, you know, the crew thinks is too far away for them. But uh, the way I was taught was always that you take people where they want to go. Um, I was told that by the second in command at one of my refreshers that that's we're a service-based industry and you take them where they want to go. If, if they want to go there, you just follow the procedure. And I think a lot of people just, you know, are just like, oh, you don't want to go there, you know, and then they go to the closer hospital. And the only way that that would be corrected is if everybody went to their hospital choice and all the units would crisscross across the city and then probably they'd be like, no, you have to go towards 911. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, we when I worked in Brooklyn, I love taking people to Manhattan. That's yeah, you know? me too. <laughs> it's yeah, like an adventure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a vacation yeah. for a little like bit. How far can we? Get? I know there was one uh, crew at our station that did the five row yes. tour, and yeah. I gave them a certificate of uh, <laughs> excellence. <laughs> I felt like that was my yeah. job as a lieutenant, so I reward that kind of behavior. We've but been trying <laughs> for that ever since. Yeah, it's really <laughs> hard to do. Certificate, you know, it was very exciting to see. It, it, I mean, it's a little <laughs> easier now that you got a twelve-hour tour. But those guys did it in eight. I know. <laughs> was, wow, that was yeah. very yeah. impressive. Yeah, they started in Staten they started Island, in Staten Island yeah. and then they ended up, I think, in I don't know either. <laughs> but I, but I feel like we've been to at least three boroughs in yeah, one day. Yeah. yeah, we've never gone to Staten Island, mm -hmm. but we we definitely do Queens, Manhattan, and Brooklyn in a tour easily, mm -hmm. and even Long Island we've done. Yeah, but um, I saw a crew up at Westchester Medical Center. Somebody <laughs> sent me a picture of that. They were like, they had somebody in the Bronx yes. or like right on the border, and they're like, I want to go to Westchester Medical Center. And like, like, I'm sure. We call the boss real yeah. quick. If it's early yeah. in my day, I'll take you. Everyone I feel like I for know. us, like if it's five p.m., six p.m., and it's rush hour, it's a little harder. Mm -hmm. We try to tell the family, like, look. It's not that we don't want to do it, but if it takes us an hour and your and your loved one is actually like very sick, we really can't do that. You know, it would be like yeah. detrimental to the patient. But like once we hit like eight o'clock, I'll go anywhere that you want to go because yeah, it's sort of like we're not going to hit any traffic, yep. and mm -hmm. we can pretty much get to anywhere in like twenty minutes for yeah. the most part. You know, at like one a.m., like mm -hmm. that's it. You're you're the city is your oyster. Yeah. You, you know, like what's the furthest hospital you've been to from uh? From oh, there was something Long Island. I, I think I went to. St. Francis uh, oh, once. 
um, it was the last day of work for me, one of my favorite partners. She oh quit nice. the next day, basically. Okay. <laughs> she was in my med class. And, and I was a fireman, and that was in Greenpoint. They were in Greenpoint, mm. and they wanted to go there. And it was, a, it was actually a big deal okay. um, because the fire department said no. And then their kids called up, <laughs> and eventually <laughs> it changed that you can go there. Yeah. You know, but did they do the relocation thing? <clears throat> so like when we come out of a hospital now, oh, no, we're no. available <laughs> in that area. No, there's nothing like that. Oh, so you, like, yeah. you run back. Yeah, and you, can and you kind of you well, um, in Long Island, you're just not on the map anymore. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> you go ahead and blue and then yeah, and then all of a sudden <laughs> you cross the border now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> but um, yeah, basically you just went back and if you got a job in that area. Yeah, you, know, you had to use your paper map. Yeah, <laughs> and discover yeah. how to get there. Yeah, we found that out a lot. Um, we've had people that are driving us and they can't. We're <coughs> around the corner. Yeah, and it's our first two, and we don't know how to get to Woodhall. Yeah, exactly. And it's like it's that big hospital <laughs> over there. Like, just look up. We're, we're circling the block. <laughs> I know. You know, and I have to peek through and give my words of encouragement. I think no. now <laughs> that we don't have that's you know that's the culture that's like the younger generation like that we always had a street atlas in mm -hmm. our vehicles you know and you had to look at it and know how which way you were going and if you didn't know where you were like i remember when i was working in poughkeepsie um oh yeah yeah like i forget there was a, a medic i used to work with sometimes she was scary she was she was military i forget her name irene irene yes yeah, irene, yeah, and um she was like she reminded me of ann sale she was like oh, very yeah. like we need to do this you know and like <laughs> we were going to some some place for a call and it was a 911 call and she gave me like the atlas and i'm like I did not, I was not raised in Poughkeepsie. So I'm like, everything's upside down. She's like, what are you doing? Look at the map. I'm like, and I was like getting so anxious, but I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, oh, she like pulled over. She's like, this is where we are. I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. And then I was like able to figure it out. And I was and, like, and yeah. Irene, yeah, like, uh, unfortunately she passed away from cancer a couple of years ago, but, um, she had like two speeds stopped and passed. <laughs> so like <laughs> she, she might've pointed out like, this is where we are. Mm -hmm. That's where you were like five minutes ago. She was <laughs> driving the bus at like 100 miles an hour yeah. uh, to get to the to get to the call. I remember when I um, we used Jamapco books, and I, you know, up in the Hudson Valley, we covered four four different counties. So, uh -huh. like, she came out to the bus before map books. I'm like, Irene, what are you doing? She's like, if I have to give directions, I just open them up and I make the map. And I should yeah. like, and she, she would put because like you'd have mm -hmm. a, a sixty minute response time, mm -hmm. and so she'd you'd have to cross over pages. Yeah, yeah. I used yeah. to like get a big big map. It looked like <laughs> the the cover of you know the screen the, the shields they yeah. used to get the keep the sun out of you. Oh right? my gosh! It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was you get a so. map like that. <laughs> oh. But I mean, it's but you did also seeing that. I think it made it more real, like where you are and, and yeah. where you're going. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Whereas now everybody plugs something into their GPS or uses the GPS that we have on the KDT, yep. which doesn't always work that well. It doesn't yeah. tell you when streets are closed and, and yeah, the exactly. street fairs and like the school it buses. It had me going through like the Brooklyn Navy Yard one night. <laughs> I'm like, there's a gate there. I know. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, that's I can't go through that now. I think uh, like working in Putnam County, I remember the first time I, I went down to Phillipstown and Medic One, and, and they I said, "What do you have to tell me about this place?" And they're like, "If it says Brook." There's a brook. <laughs> if it says mountain pass, you're going over a mountain. <laughs> like, and it's like literally the words, like the street names are going to tell you what the, the terrain is. And I was mm. like, all right. And I, I've always said Putnam County was drawn by like kids with crayons. Uh -huh. yeah. That's how they figured out the roads. Like, wow. But yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know. What, um, like for the, so far in the career, like 
what are some of the more like uh, memorable events that you've come across like whether it be calls or just like you know um professional accomplishments like is there anything that sticks out in your mind that you're like this was pretty cool or mm-hmm. it was like you know it, it maybe changed you in a positive way like you know and, and it kind of pushed you even to be b- that much better at your job um gosh i think <laughs> um i feel like there's the, a lot of a lot of the good things that you do you tend to not you know because you do so many nice things for people that eventually like they kind of all meld into one <laughs> big yeah. job yeah and um i, I you know uh, it's kind of discouraging because they change the protocols all the time and um like y- you know i remember saving a lot of people with lasix and now everybody's like oh, you were killing people when you were giving lasix yeah. and they're gonna say the same thing about amiodarone in the future and yeah. it'll, come it'll come back it'll come back <laughs> yeah again. like we're getting fertilium again yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um you know, just there's so many little things that you just kind of gloss over because they were in such big magical moments, you know, and you kind of remember all the bad, terrible things or the funny things, you know, but, um, and then like defining moments, I don't know of that many that are positive, you know, I mean, there are a lot of good things that happened, um, like, like my partner with Mrs. Abramowitz and stuff like that, Yeah, you know, and, uh, um, I just, you know, you tend to always focus on like the bigger things that, like 9-11 wasn't all that great, you right, know, but that yeah. stands forward in your memory, you know, and stuff like that. And there's kids that we work with now that were still in like, yeah, they were in grammar sixth school grade, or something. Fifth yeah. grade, you know, like my kids, they don't, she's like, what's the twin towers? I know. Like I remember so. the first 9-11, <laughs> you yeah. know, when they just yeah. blew up the place and it were you working that day or no? Uh, <laughs> did you get a note? I watched from television. It, it, it didn't work. You know, your uh. television didn't work if the tower was out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I found out about it like, Eight hours later, but I guess I'm go over time for it after that, you know. Okay. But you know, <laughs> should have been there. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, so I what d- other some memorable? Because I know you keep a scrapbook, right? Yeah, yeah. I have some uh, interesting little. Articles I know you got a good one too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you one of the worst things that ever happened that I didn't think was the worst. Um, and it was uh, it was. This is a big, this is kind of a long story here. Oh, <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, I know that we had a, a third paramedic on the truck who was, he was uh, coming back from something. Like he was a paramedic. He wasn't a student and he just was required to ride with us. Yep. And it was wonderful that he was on that truck that day. And um, I remember it being a late job and I was with one of my really good partners and uh, they came, you know, some BLS was crying over the radio and, you know, like you notice those things and don't let it be us, please, because yeah. we wanted uh-huh. to go home, yeah. you know. And then it was something Victor got called, and it was like, please be five seven. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nope, it was three seven Victor, and uh, so we went to it. And it w- when when the job came over the KDT, it was really awful just to read it. It said that the twin had been delivered um, a week earlier, and now the second twin was being delivered, and it was like twenty two weeks or something yeah. like that. It, it sounded like a really complicated OB job, which. I don't know if you know, but like most paramedics don't enjoy the, uh, <laughs> the <yeah>. OB. <laughs> Do you know how many kids you delivered? Um, it wasn't that very much. It, it was maybe, th- they were not good deliveries either. Oh, like yeah, it was I like six or any. seven. Oh and no. you know, like you go to the, you know, you tell people that and then like they were all taken by social services, you know, ev- almost every single yeah. one. Like I don't think I've ever delivered them all. Yeah. You know, happy delivery where it's like, yay. <laughs> you yeah, know, you have to catch one. Yeah, they were all terrible. And, uh, and this one was actually not that, terrible at the okay. outset um because i mean the family was really nice you know they were like a typical middle class family like they had a beautiful house they had a little they had a son and the son was excited 
about the birth of this baby brother or sister. Yeah. And, um, you know, you could see artwork on the fridge from the kid. And, you know, it was just a nice house. They were nice people. They yeah. seemed to be very well educated. It was just the, the person that was pregnant and her mother who was there to watch the child. And uh, apparently she had um, some sort of complication where one twin was delivered earlier by 5'7 Victor. Oh, and uh. um, that child didn't make it. And now she felt that this was happening. You know, she, she knew that the next one was coming. So the crew had already delivered the baby by the time we'd gotten there. And it was like 22 weeks or something. It was very, very small. Yeah. And uh, it was a girl. And um, it, it was just it, none of your equipment fits. You know, yeah. like you can't yeah. tube the baby. The yeah. face mask doesn't fit. It was just very small. It, it, it you know, it, it's a, it's a very big challenge. So the paramedics that was extra, he drove with the mother and the DLS, and my partner and I were left with the baby, mm-hmm. and that was kind of a harrowing job. We didn't really know what to do, <laughs> you know, because yeah. nothing fit. You know, you yeah. couldn't tube the kid, but the kid was fighting. The kid was breathing. The kid was like wanted to scream if it could, yeah. you know, and she was moving. So we kept her warm, and uh, we did the best we could, and we went to the hospital, and uh, the hospital was very impressed with uh, how well the baby was doing. And yeah. they, they, you know, told the family that, you know, this crew, you know, helped your baby, you know, saved your baby, and we were, like, very proud of that. Yeah. You know, we were, like, because the other baby didn't make it, and this yeah. one made yeah. it, and um, we went to go visit the baby uh, maybe two days later, and wow. she was doing really well, they were saying, and uh, we met the father, who was also, some, you know, kind of nice to us, yeah. and uh, the woman was really nice as well, you know. I just have nothing but good memories of that family. Yeah. And, um, but the kid was 22 weeks, and, uh, you know, we a few weeks later, maybe months later, I remember seeing on the wall at the hospital they usually keep letters of uh, people who write to the hospital saying yeah. thank you for treating grandma and stuff like that. Yeah. And I recognized the name, and it was the, uh, it was the mother, and she wrote, thank you for all you did, and uh, you did the best you could with what you had, uh-huh. yeah. and we appreciate what you did, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't know that the kid, you know, maybe she was talking about the first one, you yeah. know. And so a few years later, my partner pointed out to me in the newspaper, because there were still newspapers, Yeah. Like, that's the kid right there. And there was an article in the paper about this family that had basically killed their child, um, neglect. And it was the baby we delivered. And uh, if you read the article, you'd never know that they were a nice middle-class family family that we met. Because they totally changed. Like, I believe that this child was just more than they could handle. Yeah. And they turned to, like, crime, basically. Like, they were selling drugs out of their apartment. Like, they showed you a picture of the apartment. The apartment was destroyed. It wasn't the same beautiful home with the artwork from the children. And, you know, like, the the other child had been taken away. And and this, like, they'll tell you that when the baby died, she was only 64 pounds. But, like, that child was never going to be a full-size child, you know. And they just couldn't handle it. You know, they didn't, they just gave it Benadryl constantly because they, they didn't know... You know, they just wanted to keep her sedated, and yeah. eventually it was too much. And that was, like, like we, we were, like, so proud of ourselves yeah. for delivering that baby. Yeah. And then to see four years later that she died anyway of, like, really terrible circumstances, yeah. you know. Like, that that sticks with you a little, you know. Yeah. That's pretty horrible. But, you know, and, and it wasn't just tragic about the child, you know, like, the whole family. The family yeah. just you know, went it down. took a, yep. a turn. You know, yeah. the, the grandmother and the the daughter went to jail, <laughs> and the, the father left and disappeared, and <laughs> you oh know, God. and uh, <laughs> it's just awful all the way around. 
and that's that's sadly the stuff that sticks with me as yeah. opposed to like all the great times when you know you helped out so and so and you know and that's thankfully people write letters you know um not that often but you know sometimes people would be like you know so and so helped me with this and and then you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we did something nice. And I think yeah. just being nice to people in general, you know, is, is half of the job. Yeah. yeah. Cause they yeah. Can, you know. That's the one thing. It's like if you're not nice to somebody, they're going to remember you. Yeah. And then you go in a bodega to get a Pepsi, and they're going to mm-hmm. remember you. Yeah. It's not hard to find us. I know. Yeah. You know. You could save somebody's life, but you take them to the hospital they don't want to go to. No, that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I feel like even, you know, my mom passed away a couple years ago, and she passed away in a hospital. And, like, it was not the way that we all would have loved for it to have gone down. But, like, I wrote a letter to the hospital because I was so genuinely impressed by the care that they took of not only my mom, but of us, like, her family. Mm. Um, Like, you know, that was, like, such a horrible time in my life and, like, the life of my family. But, like, I I mean, I, I can honestly say, like, I really, that hospital has, like, a special place in my heart because, I you know, they did such an amazing job. I thought to help my family through this like terrible time. So, you know, I think like how we treat people like really yeah. makes a difference. Oh, d- you know, definitely. Makes yeah. a world of difference, you know? Yeah. And there's mm. no reason to be a creep to mm-hmm. someone, you know? Like it's yeah. like you're, you're, it's one snippet in someone's life and you're a part of it, you know? It's, mm-hmm. I don't know, they're going to remember how you treated them that day. So, so you came out, you were at, at 3 7. Mm-hmm. You went three seven Victor. Yeah. For how many years? Three nine. Like eight. Well, it was um, yeah, it was three seven Victor out of thirty nine, I believe. Okay. Yeah, it stayed over. So I think I was on that truck for. Well, it was also four four Victor for a little while, okay. and um, but mostly three seven Victor, and that was eight years. I'm gonna okay. say with the same partner. That's awesome. Oh wow. You know, and um, I had the other partner. You know, there's you have three. Yep. Uh, yeah. There's three on a truck, so uh, one partner is the constant. And then the other partners were also good, but yeah. for shorter periods of time. That's, yeah, that's what I used to yeah. when I was just like, yeah. <laughs> the wild yeah. card. Yeah, you always have a wild card. You have uh, one partner you really like working with, mm-hmm. and you're not with them that much. Yeah. Yeah, this just stinks. And then, you know, but I mean, it, I was really, really lucky with the partners I had. You know, okay. I was incredibly lucky. Like, it's very rare. Like, there are very short periods of time when I had, like, terrible partners. And yeah. I think that shaped my whole positive view of yeah. this job, you know, yeah. as opposed to, like, you know, other people I know that weren't so lucky, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, a, a bad partner can sort of... Yeah, it ruins everything. Yeah, it can ruin <laughs> your day a bit, you know. So I remember you guys had mass pants back then. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Can you tell us a little bit what they are? Oh, there are these inflatable <laughs> pants. It also, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> you used a pump. It was one of the skull stations um, when okay. you could be a less refresher. Yeah. And uh, it was... Um, uh, the idea was to shunt the blood from your legs to your uh, heart. Okay. But, you know, basically if there's holes, we didn't have, like, too many exceptions on the holes in the chest. Yeah, I think, I mean, a penetrating chest injury was one of them, but, like, if it was just a little bit lower, <laughs> you're yeah. still shooting blood out of the hole, you know? It would actually shoot it out? <laughs> I mean, it would more, like, ooze. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I yeah. don't okay. remember using them too much for what they were intended for. I remember we rescued a dog with one once. Too. Really? Um, it wasn't necessarily a dog. There was a dog in the river, and somebody jumped in to save the dog, okay. and... um. My partner. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we inflated them as, as an inflatable device. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, if anybody had found that out. <laughs> you know, but we got on the news for that, you yeah. know, saving the dog. <laughs> there's yeah. a picture of me holding this little fluffy terrier. Okay. You know, um, maybe, you know, like there's other purposes for your equipment. Than yeah. <laughs> it is, and that's a lot of people don't realize that. You can use 
all kinds of stuff. For yeah, exactly. Things. Like yeah. I, I was hoping they wouldn't take the longboards off when the whole thing changed. Like hopefully that's a, a great carrying device. Yeah. yeah. Or even stabilization, like in crappy ground. Like I like yeah. having backboards just to put down because mm-hmm. now it's a solid base to uh, yeah. stand on. And you get stuck and in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just yeah. like the KED. I, I've always like the yeah. original. You know, Rick Hendricks originally designed it to come out of these scoop seats and 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 race cars um, out of the frame of the roof, but like. It's mm-hmm. a great tool for fire departments that aren't quite ready for low angle um, rescue, and it, like you can package somebody in that, mm-hmm. and there's a little loop on it because yeah, you can carry them. for a tow truck to come up on the NASCAR circuit mm-hmm. and yeah, yoke wow. people out. So like it's a your KEDs <laughs> are are great extrication tools if you need to bring somebody up a shaft. Or mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure the tech rescue guys out we there are like, <laughs> we've got all these <laughs> other fancy things. Like we tie knots. We don't yeah. need you. <laughs> but it's it is something that's hmm. you know a, it's another like you said a tool in the arsenal that yeah. you yeah. kind of use. Gotta know what it's, it's there for. Yeah. How quick were you guys putting on the mask? And Oh, hardly ever. I mean, I, I can't tell you how often I used it. Maybe once, twice. You know. Really? Because yeah. when I was in the academy, they're like, "We use this all the time." Uh, I mean, and like they were covered really. <laughs> probably with other, probably <laughs> with other, you know, Never? maybe different boroughs. Oh, I see. All right. <laughs> I think mass pants really got in like rural settings is where they really yeah. kind of yeah. shown through. Yeah, long through. transport time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it would give you a, it would give you a pressure, mm-hmm. and you could deliver them to the hospital, and then it was like, "Please don't take these off." And they're like, <laughs> yeah, I know. "All right." Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah. 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 yeah, when I first started volunteering, they were like under the seat. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, I feel really bad. You get that box. Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it served other purposes. It didn't yeah. Yeah. And plus, it was another skill station. <laughs> you yeah. know, it was yeah. something to be tested on, I guess. Did you have but wood backboards then? Um, yes, we did. And sandbags, which were disgusting and sticky because, oh, like, you, re- you reused them yeah. and there wasn't any really good cleaning what you sandbags for? To stabilize the head. Jeez. And I told you. Yeah. Remember we were talking yeah, about sandbags. Yeah, no, I'm ancient. I told you. You know, and, yeah. and then, you know, the, the sandbags were always sticky from the tape, left over tape. And it was just awful. <laughs> it's so much better now that you have something that actually sticks to the board, you yeah. know, and then the collars were, you had to size, you know, them with. It was just crazy. I can't even tell you, like, how much organization there is now as yeah. compared to back then. Because... I remember we were inspected once by the state, and they discovered, like, I feel like they were looking for something to get us on, and there was so much to get us on, I would think, yeah. <laughs> but they got us on, um, like, not having tools, like, not having kind of, like, tools, like a, a, crowbar, like a crowbar or something and like yeah. that, yeah. and I remember right after that, we got brand new cases with tools, and they were never touched, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as opposed to, like, maybe we could have used more, I don't know. Something else. <laughs> Some yeah. actual equipment. Yeah, yeah, we used to change tires in our white shirts, which oh was the gosh. guy used to show up with a truck yeah. and just give you the tire and the crowbar really? <laughs> and the tools, you know, that you needed. And then you did it yourself. And I don't even think we were at a service for that. You know, like I've got to think that like once the tire truck showed up, you were like, no, we got to hit that button. You know, or it was, was kind of ridiculous. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I think earlier they were Peter had, was hitting on the fact that like now if like something goes wrong like the truck you get a spare truck yeah you get a different truck yeah, yeah we started, didn't really have like, that yeah it was like when if something went wrong they mm-hmm. bought a service truck and then we fixed it yeah <laughs> and we did a terrible job of it which is probably why they stopped it yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and like the guy standing there next to the truck you know like He's he was making a fortune <laughs> watching yeah. you with your minimum wage job uh-huh. basically yeah. change this tire it was just terrible. Huh. But, you know, then you get filthy, dirty, yeah. <laughs> and you're wearing that white shirt for the rest of the day, yeah. you know, and uh, that's one of the other good things that have changed, you know. 
And you had, yeah. what, two-man stretchers back then? Two-man stretchers, yep. which, uh, you know, I, I felt kept me strong. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I kind of liked you know, them. Because yeah. the stretchers now, they're so heavy, you know, like, the, at least the two-mans were somewhat lighter, yeah. you know, and um, I felt like I was much stronger back then, you yeah. know, <laughs> just carrying I equipment. I out, when I came out of top class at Station 19, and there was a two-man stretcher, and I was like, <laughs> I was like this, and I was sending pictures and everyone like I remember this when I started two man stretches. You're like literally like, dead city. They still know. Shows, you know? <laughs> it but was. It was. And I had two female yeah. partners. Yeah, so it was I like know, three I of know. us, and you I know, doing this. I yeah. mean, like exactly. There was no guy stepping mm-hmm. in. We had to do it. I had like a permanent bruise on my thigh. Yeah, where yeah. We would, like yeah, rest bruised it. legs. Yeah, like, all right, yeah. get it up, rest <laughs> it, and then put it in. You know. No, I, I. You know, I think a lot of women don't realize how strong you actually are, yeah. you know, because even just, you know, every once in a while I'll try to do it. And I'm like, oh, I can still do it. And I haven't worked out in a hundred years, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I felt like going up and down the stairs was a workout. Yeah. And, you know, I still do. I still take the stairs because I'm afraid yeah. of getting stuck in the elevators, you know. And, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's... Uh, to get your steps in. I know. <laughs> you call better steps. Yes, I have my Fitbit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like but you know uh, your monitors are heavier. You carry more stuff now. Yeah. yeah. Even even the stair chair, like we have the strikers now f- with the track on the back of them, mm-hmm. which was great for like lugging the stupid stair chair, and it's, yeah, it's heavier. Yeah, heavy. things like fifty. Much heavier. I mean, I remember like I thought the innovation that was like really awesome was when like the Fernos had like the uh, handles that came out. I was like, this oh, makes wow. it so much easier. Because <laughs> like mm-hmm. for a while, I mean, and, and, and like mm-hmm. said, so I, I it's. I don't want to say I regret working for Alamo EMS in Poughkeepsie because it was great to have an experience where you could like have just garbage thrown at you and be like, this is your truck today. <laughs> uh, please please tell your driver to warn you when there's bumps because this uh, bench seat has no cushioning left and it's yeah. just a board. And like, wow. You know. Uh-huh. I know. Some of the vehicles you used to drive would just, like you could like backfire them and... <laughs> You know, and that was fun too. Yeah, we had gasoline vehicles for a really short period of time. Okay, and then I don't know. What so explain <laughs> this backfire yeah, thing. Yeah. Oh. There's there's going to be people who are no. like backfire. What's that? Is that? Oh uh, yeah. I thought this was an EMS podcast. We're talking about fire stuff. But like, what's? I mean, you could uh, it d- used to do it on its own randomly, okay. but you could also get it to backfire if you turned it off while it was running and then turn it back on again. And uh, it just it would sound very distinctly like a gunshot. Where, where did you do this? <laughs> that was also Manhattan. Did you did this in that was Manhattan. Okay. And uh, yeah, you could do it down like yeah. a, a busy street if like nobody was getting out of your way. You yeah. know, sometimes sometimes people oh see your God. lights and sirens and they're still crossing the street and they couldn't <laughs> give a damn that you're on your way to something important. You know, and uh, sometimes backfiring comes in handy then. You know, as That's opposed awesome. to like you know. <laughs> we need to rumble over the backfire. Because yeah. the siren's not working, yeah. so, you know, maybe we could do that. <laughs> but, which, you know, we can't do anymore. No. Yeah, because they're going to gonna call about us. Yeah. yeah. Either way, like that, they've got the diesel diesels, trucks, yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 More difficult. Yeah. Which, I don't know if they are built better, you know, because they seem to break. I don't know. If yeah. you ask the mechanics, they like them better. Say they would, like, fix it on the side of the road. Now he's like, oh, we're gonna put your truck out of service. Yeah, no, they they very much do that, you know. Yeah. But and it's it's lucky we have spares now. Yeah, you know, yeah. Which, you know as much as like it's really funny because some of the new people are like, I don't want that truck because it doesn't have a backup camera. <laughs> I'm like backup camera. That was I know. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. you just had that to have depth thing. perception. Yeah, <laughs> you know before. Yeah. But you could change your own mirrors when the mirrors broke. You know, yeah. if you just went to the spare yard and got one out, and <laughs> you could fix it without anybody knowing that you just <laughs> you yeah. know you yeah. were hit. And 
I remember when we when we got a backup camera at this moment, I was like, what do you need that for? You can't back up an ambulance. And now I need a camera. Like, <laughs> I oh know. I love the camera, but uh, I, mean, I do love it. It <laughs> is really helpful. I know. It's going to be backing up into parallel park spaces. We'll do it ourselves. Well, I hate, I used to really not like having a parallel park, the ambulance, because I felt like my depth perception was not ideal. So I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's someone back there. <laughs> and like now I do know if there's someone back there mm-hmm. in that backup camera. I feel like a rock star yeah. when I yeah. put <laughs> I'm like, drive this thing. So now you're by yourself. You're a lieutenant. What year did you? Oh, I think like 2007. You took a test? Yeah. I, I took several them? tests and I never took it because uh-huh. I didn't want to. I didn't, you know, I was having a great time on the ambulance. It, I guess, right? I deferred Which it a million times. Yeah. I really didn't want to be a boss. Yeah. And um, I really liked what I was doing. I liked my partners. I, I mean, going to work wasn't really... Terrible, yeah. you know, yeah. except the hours, <laughs> you know, the, I mean, the, that you had to actually be physically yeah. there it was terrible. But like, you know, it wasn't, you know, if you have good partners and you're just having fun all That's day, you thing, know, yeah. it wasn't really terrible to do. But like becoming a boss to me, like it was like, uh, what am I going to do that for? You know, you became a lieutenant first. Yeah, I did. I was the original <laughs> lieutenant. <Glenn. All> right. <laughs> the first. And then, and then he became a boss and then I had to put N in front of my name. <laughs> but, you know, was I think it? your jacket still says. Yeah. I, I mean, if I didn't have it. a couple of um, good role models, I wouldn't have done it at all. Just because like when I first started, people were terrible. Like we, we really didn't like the bosses. I felt like they were all beat up as children and they, <laughs> you know, were using this to like have some Assert authority. Yeah. And I didn't want to be like that, you know, and um, it was um, when I, d- I kept deferring it. The only reason I did eventually take it is because my partner that I'd had for eight years went on Lodi and probably wasn't coming back. Yeah. And um, and then I was became a mentor truck because that's when that started. Okay. And my second mentor was just nightmare yeah and um and then i was like is this the way it's gonna be i may as well work by myself (laughs) so then you know that's when i took it and then afterwards you know the first two years i felt like they threw just so much at you you know so much responsibility that i didn't think a lieutenant should have to do like deal with the hospitals yeah so what does a lieutenant do when you came out like what did you do well they want you to go to the hospital and tell them to speed things up what are you telling the the crews that it's telling well the idea was if you're not dawdling at the ER, okay. socializing, that the hospital is taking their time. Okay. And they need you out there because we don't have enough units, so you have to be in service more. So rush, 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 get out of the hospital. Yeah. And that means dealing with the nurses. And, I mean, I still feel it's not my job to tell the nurses what to do. I don't, they don't work for me. Yeah. It's not my agency. you know. And so you call the um, administrator on duty and... Um, I've never really had a positive experience with them as far as, you know, what they wanted me to do. But, uh, you know, one of them once told me that just because, you know, you uh, treat your people like animals, we don't treat ours like animals. And I was like, I'm not doing that at all anymore. (laughs) There's no way that I'll be kicking people out just to shave a minute off. If they really, and plus like the ER time is sometimes your decompression time. And I don't think like uh, that's allowed for, and it should be, you know, um, our, firemen on our side get like an hour after a fire and you know like you could pronounce a baby or do some horrific child uh abuse job or some horrific burn and they want you back in service you know 20 minutes after you got your paper signed you know and and there's really no allotted time to allow you to do that you know but i think they're becoming more flexible and they're kind of understanding that you know more now but you know we had somebody at our station that killed himself that we all knew very well he was Friendly, everybody liked him. He killed himself. They tell you at the station, and it's like 
get back to work, sign yeah. back on, what are you doing? Like his partners, you know, you would think if, if anybody would be out of service, you'd put them out of service, but no. You know, yeah. we got to run units, we got to run units, and, and that kind of mentality is really, really horrible. And that all comes out of the fact that we never have enough units, we never have enough people, there's yeah. never enough people to take over stuff, you know. It shouldn't be a tragedy to run down a truck every once in a while, yep. you know. And we run them down all the time yeah. now because we don't have enough people, but, you know, it, it, it seemed like a more dire emergency to run down a truck ages ago, but it just couldn't be much reception yeah. just because of the way they <laughs> harass you on the phones, which yeah. is something you don't, yeah. you know, yep. being a lieutenant is, I, I don't like talking on the phones, period. Mm-hmm. And then that's a big part of my job now, yeah. you know. I just, I go back to like just what you were saying about taking the trucks and taking the crews out of service and how mm-hmm. like we really haven't <coughs> started to actually focus on any of those uh, issues of mental health and, and, and mm-hmm. not until the last couple of years, but even then, like I see this resurgence in the fire service mm-hmm. where they're talking about it, but like an EMS. And I, re- I remember my, my most stressful days working in an ambulance was the days where we did serious calls. We dropped mm-hmm. them off at the hospital. I was working for a commercial service. Mm-hmm. So we were doing both 911 and transports. And all of a oh. sudden it's like, Hey, I listen, I really don't care that you just had this, uh, you, you know, SIDS call. Money. Like yeah. we need you to go up to South Circle Five and pick up this vent patient mm-hmm. because they've been waiting an hour yeah. and a half. I know. And yeah. you're like trying to pay attention to vent settings and all these other things and what's it and like, and you're still very yeah. much in, engaged in that. And do you want that call. kind of person taken care of? Your <laughs> right, yeah. Your child that's an event or whatever you know. Yeah, and it, it just or even know. me on the road like as an EMT, like I, I'm I'm still processing this and I'm trying to drive now. Yes. From mm-hmm. you know this hospital to this nursing home or mm-hmm. this hospital to another hospital, and you know I, like I, I it was a few years later where somebody said yeah like t- have you ever driven somewhere and not you know all of a sudden you're there and you're like how did I get here yeah like and that's that my home. yeah I know well, <laughs> a lot, a lot. <laughs> yeah. I know it's it's really a shame and it all really every single thing that that's terrible I believe about this job all centers around the fact that there's not enough there's not enough units there's not enough people. Not enough equipment, you know. There's just not enough stuff. We don't have enough vehicles. We don't have. It's always because of the shortage that you know. That's why we kick people out of ER before they're ready. <laughs> it's why, you know, um, I don't know. Just every little thing around our job is based on that. What, you know, like what do you think would, like, I mean, obviously, if we could just start producing more units, that would be great. Yeah. But it's not. <laughs> it literally is not that easy anymore because we're not. Rec- I mean, I know statewide we're not recruiting enough people mm-hmm. into the into emergency services to replace what we're losing mm-hmm. or like you said before we're losing you know uh, people to other other jobs outside of ems other industries yeah. um so like but what are some things that we could do just to kind of i don't want to say stem the flow but like it's really a giant can of worms but is there anything like yeah. i mean even if it's just like you said like being nice to people but yeah do you mind if i just no, i want to say like nancy has been my supervisor since i got there in 2008 mm-hmm. and i feel like this is, I'm like, I wish she could stay for literally ever oh, for like the yeah. rest Aww, of my thank career. You. <laughs> 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 I know. But uh, oh, thank I you. mean, I feel like when you have good supervisors who yeah. are in there with you, they're not, you know, sitting behind a desk kind of like they're not part of it. Um, like she and Neil are our immediate yep. supervisors. And like Neil used to be my partner and Nancy's always been my supervisor. And like, I feel like we trust them to know that they they have our best interests yeah. in mind. And like, I think we are lucky at our station that we have predominantly good bosses, mm-hmm. but I feel like I never feel like Nancy looks at me as like, just get out there and do like, you know what I mean? She's always like looking at yeah. me as a person, a human yeah. being, yeah. like oh, someone you. that we work together. <laughs> like I think having good bosses is like a big part of that. 
mm-hmm. because we all know how it goes. But like, I think what she does is probably not that easy to do. Like she just yeah. is a great person with Aww. a great personality. Aww. So she brings that to <laughs> work. You. But like there's people but there who may not be the best <laughs> boss because they're not the best person. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, I just, you know, I know. Like, it's like if you just treat everybody how you, you know, you wanted to be treated, mm-hmm. you know? It's really easy though, like to kind of get distracted. You know, like if you, you spend all day trying to fill these spots, you know, on the schedule for the next tour or the, you know, whatever. And you spend all day like begging people to do overtime and covering all these vacancies. And then the, you know, you finally filled it Mm -hmm. and then somebody calls in sick, you know, like your instinct is to yell at them, you know, (laughs) but it's really, you know, it's not their fault. (laughs) You know, it's the fault of the fact that we have like a massive shortage of people and, Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not just people coming to work because it doesn't seem like they take allowances for the fact that people do get hurt on this job yeah. like crazy. Yeah. And people really, you're dealing with sick people. Like, you're going to use your sick time, you know. And yeah. if you're not using your sick time, I feel like it, you're maybe not around enough sick people. Yeah. You know, because really that's what we do. We deal with people with infectious diseases who wait till the last minute to get treated. And, you know, after you work mm-hmm. 20 m- extra hours on top of your regular shift, your immune system takes a beating. And it's kind of not unexpected <laughs> to yeah, utilize your sick time. Yeah. Yep. And and it's kind of like, um, you know, people are just banging into the, to the beach. And, like, the outcome is still the same for me anyway. Like, I don't, yeah, you know, if you call me, I don't really want to hear your excuse. Because yeah. if you're lying, I don't care. Because either way, I'm stuck with a vacancy. <laughs> you know, and you can yep. use your sick time. Maybe you need it for that mental health day. Yep. Because you didn't get an extra hour after yeah. dealing with the horribly burned person that's going to sit in your brain for the rest of your life you know and so what do you do to decompress i think like you know just it, you're pretty famous huh? oh because <laughs> there's some you know camaraderie and stuff like that yeah. i think i've always felt that like after something terrible happened like like when our friend uh killed himself they sent like um uh this mental csu over and they were strangers, and we didn't know who they were. Yeah. They didn't know him. And it was kind of just better, the fact that you just hang out with your friends yep. and talk about stuff. And, you know, I felt that that was much better than, yeah. you know, just dealing with a regimented, this is how you're supposed to process grief. And, you know, and, and talking mm-hmm. about it, you know, in front of somebody with certain parameters as opposed to just, you know. <laughs> it's always helped me out anyway. And yeah. I don't know. I just feel like... um outside you have to have a life outside of work yeah. and you know even if you're outside of work is, is like the cat you know like yep. <laughs> that was a great distraction for me <laughs> you know yep. because she was something else to concentrate so on tell us about your cat real quick oh killer well, yeah, you're, well you have a couple oh, cats right yeah well now we have, we're trying to replace Ke- <laughs> you know but killer was a great like animal that just showed up one day at the station so and uh, became a station mascot yeah okay. and she became pretty famous on instagram and um she had a massive following and she just you know, it's kind of funny because she wasn't very popular, which is why I set up the Instagram account for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt like people didn't understand them, you know, because a lot of people don't understand, like, the way cats are. And, like, they're not really being mean. They're just scared. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of stuff that they do is because they're scared and they're trying to defend their little tiny bodies from yeah. huge, huge people. So, you know, I gave her a voice and uh, I tried to make little funny comments on her. And she developed a huge, huge following, which... Um, People used to visit her at the station. People yep. sent gifts constantly. 
And it was really, like, nice. And I felt like the outside world got to see what life inside of an EMS station was through Instagram, through the cat, you know, because they got to see that we don't sit around at the station all that much and that there's never anybody there, you know, as opposed to, like, there's a couple of famous fire cats as well that the same people yep. follow and that they could see that they were – there were always more people at the firehouse, even though there's only like, a, yeah. like there's Carlo's never alone. Yeah, Carlo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, exactly. Like. And like at our station, they, you know, sometimes it's empty. Sometimes it's just me and the cat, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, it's just uh, you know, they got to see how you know stuff worked with us, and I think they got to understand more. Like a lot, a lot of more people understand that the fire department wasn't just firemen; that there were EMTs and paramedics, and that it was a separate station, and that we did things a little differently. And uh, I felt it was a good educational tool. <laughs> and then when she died, like, it was um, the outpouring from around the world was crazy. You know, like, it was it was wonderful. And I, I felt like I was losing all these people when the account, you know, like, when she, you know, I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. That, you know, I'm going to lose all these friends, you yeah. know, because some of them, like, I became personal friends with some of them. And some of them, you know, just through their messages and through their, you know, their experiences, because fire departments around the world asked for there was a fire department in california that asked for help with their cat because yeah. they were getting the boot i yeah. believe she ended up doing oh yeah and um you know so um i posted on on killer's page and you know her followers just went on this letter writing phone call campaign to get this animal yeah. <laughs> you know to stay and uh you know didn't really work though but yep. you know <laughs> so now we have you know, two new little guys that seem to be interesting. So we had some um, some prospects. Yeah, yeah. We have two little brothers. What was that, that cute one we had that everybody was? Oh, oh, um, Buff. His, Buff. His, his name ended up being Buff. Yeah. Because he was a kitten. He got everybody itchy. Yeah. And he didn't make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a baby. Like, uh, it's not a good idea to get a kitten because no. they, they just run into things. Yeah, and you don't want them to get hurt, like yeah. running under an ambulance yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Our new guys are savvy. Well, yeah. <laughs> At it for a little bit over an hour, maybe about you know, close to an hour and a half. Oh, so we got oh wow. Kind of wrap up, but <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I know, dog yeah, on. Yeah, it's time to go log on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know. But, uh, but thank you for, thank you. for oh, coming no down and thank being you. the first guest on Rush the Bus. This is oh, awesome. Thank you. I mean, yeah. Thanks, man. I know. Thank, well, thank you. you. <laughs> and James. Yes. Well, James in the background. You don't have to pump gas, so while you're here, get some gas. Yeah. Best thing about New Jersey. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do they clean your windows too? Uh that's bullshit. Yeah. Did you go to H well Hess used to Because full service used to imply they changed your yeah, they checked I, your Sometimes oil. I don't want yes. them. Yeah. <laughs> it's kinda like if somebody in Brooklyn was like, I'll clean your window, mister like yeah. oh, it's yeah. Yeah. I don't even do that anymore. But uh well uh, everybody thanks for, for oh, tuning thank in. You. This is um Rob with Julie and Peter and oh, I guess you. Nancy. Oh, thank you. Rush the bus. Thanks for having us and oh, uh you. we'll uh we'll we'll see everybody out there. All right. Oh, thank All right. you.